following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023, season 19, episode number 5. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star and presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We are fresh off of the 2023 NFL Draft, so today's show will be dominated by Draft Talk. I got Nick and Brian and Amber here with me. We'll talk about each pick and uh, what their scouting report is and also where they will fit on this team. Lots of interesting names. Players that maybe everybody didn't expect. Um, and, but, you know, again, I, as I said on Twitter, and I think I've heard you guys say as well, this this front office, particularly this, this scouting department, deserves a bit of benefit of doubt. Uh, if you have doubt about picks because of what they've done over the last really, I guess, eight to ten years in the draft. So let's talk about it. Let's jump right in. Let's talk about the first round pick. Uh, Mozzie Smith, defensive tackle from Michigan. He was selected number 26 overall. Start first by giving me a scouting report on Mozzie Smith. He's strong. <laughs> That's where I'll start there. <laughs> not going to tell me about his hips? You're not going to tell me about no, his I'll feet? I'll let Brian do that. He's going to tell me he's strong. He's okay, strong. Good. Thank he's you. strong, and that's a position of need because they uh, there were games where they got their ass kicked right in the middle of the line, so they didn't want to do that anymore. So they said, let's 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 try to fix that. So. That's that. I mean, that's just the basic part of him. I mean, yeah. Brian watched a lot more of his games. Yeah, I think when you watch Mozzie Smith, and, and especially some of those games where he played against some of the better uh, offensive lines in the Big Ten, the the uh, the uh, the Ohio States, the Minnesotas, people like that, you know, that had those guys that we were evaluating for, um, you know, for the draft. He he did a really nice job. He his the scheme that he plays in might be a little bit restrictive when you watch him because you're thinking about where's the production, where are the sack numbers, where are these things. He plays in a system, what we call two-gap, where mm-hmm. you read and react. So it's basically the extension, it's the look inside, it's the peak to the backside, and then it's to, it's to go. But when he's on that mode where he's just going up the field, Nick's right, he's extremely strong in the upper and lower body. He can drive guys back. He could be disruptive in the pocket, especially when you try and run the ball to the, say, the off-tackle sides. You put him and let him just like play that gap or the gap and a half over, he's the type of guy that's athletic enough to get over far enough to so if the ball goes to the edge right in that tackle box area, he could get over there, kind of stuff things up, hold that edge, and then don't give you any cutback lane, but also make a play right in that area. Just really does a great job of playing with his hands and being able to control the blockers. That's something that... You know, Nick mentioned last year that they struggled with when Hankins went out. It was kind of like, okay, how are they going to make up for, you know, to hold up blocks? How are they going to play in the running game? Mozzie Smith, the one thing that this this coaching staff will do for him, and Will McClay even mentioned it, they'll open up his stance a little bit more. You know, maybe they felt like he was playing a little tight, but open him up a little more, and then that way you might get a little bit more quickness for pass rush stuff. So. 
I do like the pick just because of the fact that, and, and Will said this himself in in the audio that we heard that he goes, we haven't had a defensive tackle like this that we can draft. If you remember the previous administration, the Rod Marinelli administration, there was never really an interest of taking a a guy that can play that that heavy position, even though Rod Marinelli had Booger McFarlane as that type of guy. I mean, he had a strong inside presence. He's always had that kind of guy. So uh, they, 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 I think they absolutely did the right thing at that particular time of getting a player that fits something that could definitely help this defense in the middle. Yeah, when they picked him, it was, for me, one of those moments that I wasn't super stoked or excited about. I'm like, okay, because I'm thinking again, uh, do we need a guy like him? Absolutely. But at the same time, we have bigger needs in other areas uh, around the team that you need something like that, someone like that. But then as soon as you see him come in here the next day, you understand immediately why the Cowboys fell in love with him. And you yourself start falling in love with him as a person and also... <clears throat> Sorry. And also looking at his body type, you keep talking about strength, but the type of strength this guy has is visible to the eyes. Tyler Smith last year, you saw him come in and we were talking about his size as well. But Mossy, he's like pure muscle. Like he has some guns on his arms and you just see that type of weight that you typically talk about. Oh, second year, they'll put on some weight, go out there and be even better. This guy's already there what he needs to be. So if this is a starting point for him, I can't wait to see what he becomes this season and especially how he helps. Like Brian said, you talked about the running defense, how he helps the Cowboys in that area. Where does he fit on this defensive front? Because I did lose Carlos Watkins this offseason, who I yeah. thought was a really nice piece for their interior defense. Obviously, they brought back Hankins. Hankins, we saw the difference he made last year in the run game when he was on the field, but an older veteran player. They needed some youth there. You got Oset as a three technique. You got Gallimore. Where does he really fit? And, and who might be now looking at it like, hey, I've really got to prove something this camp in order to make sure I got a job? Well, boy, Hannah, is, is, it's not great for him. Um, you know, I think he. I think it sounds like he's going to play more of a one technique, but he's got the. I mean, just look at the clip. I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. the one where where he's jumping. I know uh, exactly what you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the steps. That's is that the what is that? That's not a broad jump. It, that's the. Uh, it's like, it's a, like a standing broad yeah. jump. Like yeah. it's not a run. It's a standing broad. But then jump, he does like eight stairs. in a yeah. row. He yeah. Like just the explosive. Yeah, is crazy. It, that's unbelievable. Yeah. So I think he's got ability to play inside at the, as both the one and the three. I think it was. Um, I think uh, Dan Quinn said they may even put those guys in there together. So, well, uh, he, he's going to be right in the middle of it, right in the middle of the trenches. I mean, this is if Hankins is still playing at a high level, this ha- this is the you know to me some a comparison to Jonathan Allen and and Payne for Washington. I think you have a chance because what the, those guys are, they have some agility, but they have a lot of strength too. And you know the Eagles have beefed up their inside. The Giants have some really good defensive tackles. I think the Cowboys now are trying to say, well, you know, we're going to match up with that as well. It kind of allows you to take Mozzie Smith at training camp and give him all the reps, knowing you have an idea what Jonathan Hankins is. Yep. So maybe you save some wear and tear on Jonathan Hankins going into the season. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, he's going to get reps and stuff during practice. But to be honest with you, every practice that we uh, attend in Oxnard, we need to be watching Mozzie Smith playing with Oso Digizua. We need to watch him with Chauncey Golston, whoever they're going to play at that three. Uh, Fajoko, who they just drafted, uh, you know, he's listed as a defensive end. 
you know, you, you talked to Sharif Floyd about it a little bit. He's saying they're interested in moving Fajoko into that three technique. So, yeah, as many as if you could save some wear and tear on Hankins and then, but also get Mozzie all the reps and get him in the rotation with the other guys who he's going to play with, that's how you're going to quickly figure out exactly where he needs to play and how much he needs to play. And irony is kind of a funny thing because back in 2013, they had, the, I believe, the 19th pick in the draft. And, and, and the best guy, it seemed like, was Sharif Floyd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they Marinelli didn't really want to take that guy. Yeah. I don't think that was where the Cowboys was, were picking. And they even said it themselves, we don't take this type of player 10, 12 years ago. Well, now they moved back to 31 or 32. They got uh, Frederick. Great pick, of course. Sharif Floyd now is, is didn't really have a great career, and now yeah. he's now he's coaching, and he's going to be one of the guys coaching Mozzie Smith as they yeah. did change their their uh, philosophy. So you know, so well, I think the philosophy switch is big. I mean, and, and I think what them making the trades early for the wide receiver and making the trade for the corner really opened up the board yeah. for them. This was a really difficult draft for us on our end. I know on the draft show to have to figure out. Exactly. I mean, we learned some things along the way. Yes, they liked to tie it in. Yes, they had the tight ends in a different order. Yes, they were willing to. Mozzie Smith was a name that was talked about, uh, you know, along with others that maybe if they got wiped out that they would be considered. I don't think they felt like they got wiped out here. We were saying that they were going to get wiped out. They would take Mozzie Smith. They were they were all on board with Mozzie Smith, you know, with him and Bergeron uh, from uh, from uh, Syracuse. Uh, you know, I mean, either way they would have gone there, that would have really helped what they were trying to do. And quite frankly, it seemed like Mozzie Smith was the guy they targeted going into this draft. Yeah. Like they really wanted him. They really wanted to add him to their defense. And, and and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you look at, like you said, Nick, there were some games, particularly two years ago, but even last year, especially in games where Hanks, Hankins was not there, they had some problems stopping yeah. the run. And I think that it was like if you look at this defense – they felt like they got the pass rushers. They felt like they got the ball hawks on the sec- in the secondary. At this point, it really is about can you force teams, if you win on the early downs, can you force teams into obvious passing situations? And if you can do that, that makes your defense even better because now you make them go against the strength of your defense, which is your pass rush. All right, let's move on. Let's go to the second round pick, number 58 overall, tight end Luke Schoonmaker. Schoon. Schoon. It is Schoon. Okay, I Schoon keep Schoon and Coon. Schoon. Okay, Schoonmaker. Michigan, tight end. Uh, give me a scouting report on him. Yeah, well, the thing with Luke Schoonmaker, uh, Michigan is a very physical team. Uh, we talk about Big Ten football. We mentioned it with Mozzie Smith, that how they play with a lot of different guys. They're really tough up front. Luke is one of those guys. Uh, Blake Corum is a running back. If you watch the Big Big Ten noon football, it's Michigan usually playing somebody. And you'll see Michigan, the way they run the ball downhill. And they're one of the, the Michigan is, was one of the top college offensive lines uh, this year. They won the Joe Moore Award for their five guys. Luke Schoonmaker was a big part of what they do. When they run the ball with Blake Corum, they usually run it behind Schoonmaker. And he's a, he could play inline Y, which means he could line up next to the tackle. You could flex him. You could also bring him in motion. He's a really good point-of-attack blocker. I think the scheme limits his ability to catch the football. I don't think this is the Michigan scheme. The Michigan scheme. I don't think the Michigan scheme allows him to play with the way that he is capable of playing. You could see him getting down the field, finding space. They drag him underneath. You see him catch balls along the sidelines. You see him make plays in the red zone. 
he's got a real feel for how to get the ball into the end zone when he gets the opportunity to do that. So I feel like, though, in, in this scheme, they will find ways to get him in routes, the combinations, and allow him to show more of this. But the blocking stuff is, 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 is special in the way that, again, the ball is coming behind him. He's not on the backside on a lot of plays. He's right there at the point of attack getting those blocks. And what I was told, um, I was talking to a few people about him. If you if you grade all of the aspects that a tight end needs, well, you know the the pass catching, the blocking, the awareness, the the agility, just everything about it from one to ten, he's going to have the highest score right now than any other tight end on the team. Um, he may not be the best, you know route runner, pass catcher, but what he makes up for is the blocking. But he's not that far behind on the others. Um, I think, you know, and Lunda Wells also said that, that he's a guy that could be a three-down tight end, and that's that's pretty rare to come into the league and be a guy that could be three-down uh, yeah, tight he, end. He doesn't labor at all getting up the field. That's not that's not a problem at all. There's sometimes some of these guys that if they're just block kind of block-only guys that they struggle to, you know, have a little bit of that wiggle to be able to get up the field and make the routes. I think the awareness you mentioned is something that's really – and I, I feel like he's got some dependable hands. I mean, you see him, like, you know, he'll, he'll adjust you know, the catch radius. He'll adjust. So the quarterbacks at Michigan aren't really accurate throwing the football. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, my last line of my notes was respect the way he blocks, but also the way he catches the ball. That was the, the last line I had in my notes. And, you know, I, is it maybe around early? You know, yeah, but you got to remember when you're picking at the back end of the draft, you sometimes have to go around early because you're not going to get that player coming back around. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen. Just when you think like, hey, we got to hit this pick now because if we don't, we're not going to have. You know, I know they really like uh, Laporta from Iowa a lot. And, you know, that was something that, that, that surely considered. But Schoonmaker was kind of in that. I mean, I had Schoonmaker and Laporta in the same round on my board right there. So I, I, I understand exactly what they did. That was going to be my question. It's just wondering if <clears> – <throat> oh, my God, I can barely speak today. I'm sorry. Um, wondering if they actually picked him because they had a high grade on him and, and they actually wanted him or because they were forced to kind of – address the position given the fact that as soon as the second round started you started seeing a lot of those tight ends being picked so as far as like what you guys saw or what you would assume how things were went down do you think he was actually a guy that the Cowboys kind of were high on him I think they absolutely were high on him I I mentioned I, I think the coaching staff was really high on Laporta and I I feel like though when the trade went ahead of them in the first round where it was Kincaid you, when you saw the war room cam, they weren't bothered. No. They, they didn't look. There was no, you know, banging of the tables or no quick adjustments. Everybody mm-hmm. looked pretty calm. They were, they were, they were okay with what was going on in, in the draft. They had their guys in mind. Mozzie Smith was a guy, obviously, that they completely had in mind. But when they got around to the pick, yeah, you saw some guys going. And I think that if Laporta was there, they would have they would have picked Laporta. I I, I mean I think that, but they also told us pre-draft Stephen Jones. I know on one hundred five three the fan that he said you know it's hard to find guys that can do both, and that's what Schoonmaker can do. He can block. I mean, he, and you look at the athletic testing numbers. If you're one of these people that believe in metrics and all those things, Luke Schoonmaker's athletic testing numbers were much better than what you had with your you know your with Jake Ferguson. 
I mean, he's a much better a much better athlete than Jake Ferguson. So, you know, that to me, if you got a blocker, a good athlete, and then you show some ability to catch the football, it made perfect sense why they did yep. what they did. Yeah, and also, you know, you're, you're talking about how big of a need it was. I think it was a need. I don't think it was a major need because if it was, they had a chance to take the highest tight end rated on their board. I mean, when he was there at 26, I don't think all Kincaid, the tight ends were on the board. Well, Kincaid, right? Kincaid, Kincaid, Kincaid went ahead of him, yeah. but I don't think that was their their highest rated tight end. It wasn't their highest. No, I think who it do you think was Laporta. highest? Laporta was, was Laporta was their highest yeah. rated tight end. So, yeah. and they had a chance to get him. So, if you have a major need and the best is available, you would take him. They they wanted to do it, but they also looking at value, and they said, "All right, you know the difference between this tight end and then the second round, as opposed to Mozzie Smith and the next defensive tackle, we're going to get stuff to run. Probably it's not comparable." So they they went that route. It's not the first time we've seen a team. You were in the room when when it was a deep tight end class back in two thousand three, and they yeah. they could have taken a second round. They took could take Al Jason Witten, but they took Al Johnson, yeah. thinking. We'll get some deep tight ends here in the third round, and Witten was Not still thinking there. Witten would be available, but he was no, thinking yeah. somebody would be available, yeah. and, and it was Witten. Yeah. So you know, sometimes it, that just goes to show what type of need it really was—a a need, but not a pressing need for All them. Right. We will take our first break. When we come back, we got to talk about Texas football. That's coming up next. We'll be back. <laughs> DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper Strawberries and Cream, the new flavor you deserve. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. No one knows where this market will go. Right now, it feels like a wild ride. But one thing's for certain, there's a way through it. And the experience and guidance of a Merrill advisor can help you get there. Because where there's a bull, there's a way. Find an advisor in North Texas at ml.com slash bullish. Merrill, a Bank of America company. What would you like the power to do? Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith, Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, member SIPC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corp. Back to the break. Multi-Grammy Award-winning global superstar Ed Sheeran comes to AT&T Stadium this Saturday, May 6th, to kick off his 2023 Mathematics Tour. Sounds fun. Sharon will be accompanied by special guests Khaled and Dylan. Get your tickets today at SeatGeek.com. Welcome back. Second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Morgan Studios at the Star. This segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. 
Blockchain. There we go. There we go. We're on it. Hey, Nick, I had a yep. question for you. Um, Wayne McGarity, mm-hmm. he was sele- was he selected or was he a free agent that the Cowboys brought in? It's a draft. Third? Probably a third round pick. Third or fourth in 1999. Maybe the fourth. Okay. All right. Whatever. Was that the last time no. that one of my Longhorns was drafted by the Cowboys? You know, I don't know. Maybe we did a documentary on somebody. You know, that was, Who am I missing? That was a blocker. It was bullied as a kid. And oh yeah, I forgot he went to pit. Texas. You're right. Amber knows something about. <laughs> Amber knows something about him. Um, but How did you forget? That? I completely like forgot so about ago. him. Literally forgot about him. I oh, remember Wayne McGarity. I remember <laughs> Wayne McGarity from back in 1999, but did not remember Connor Williams. Well, they took My him, but then they took Pepe Zellner. I just wanted to. Put I remember Pepe. Pepe. In there. Pepe. Uh, Wayne McGarity had like eight knee surgeries. Yeah, he did. I think if anyway, I think if yeah, if Wayne McGarity had had been playing now, you know, it's a, it's just different. I mean, we were talking. I was talking with Patrick Walker upstairs just a few minutes ago about the ACL injury back in 1999. You were like, okay, it's well, like you, death. Like, yeah, can, right. Is this the end of his career? You yeah. know, and now it's just like, can he, can he come back in six weeks? You know, which isn't the case. But it's just it, different. It, it is it is different. But um, yeah, Texas guys. Uh, they may have drafted another Watch, one. Just, I know. Okay. I'm just I'm trying to think. I mean, Roy Williams, the receiver, obviously wasn't a draft pick. Draft, I'm trying yeah. to think of other Texas players that have come in. But we got another but Texas Leonard player. Davis, the, Leonard Davis. Leonard Davis. He was not a draft pick. He was either, Arizona, but they did get right? Him. Yeah. yeah. Leonard, him as well. Leonard Davis is one of the players, in my opinion, that changed the way the NFL is thinking. Because when you were that big and that strong, and you wanted to take a, a lineman, you have to play him at tackle. Same with Robert Gallery. You mm-hmm. got to play him at tackle to justify the picking him that high. Yeah, but in reality, Richard. they were really a better guard. And once they went to a different team and played guard, maybe Gallery did not play, go to a different team, but he did eventually go to guard. And then you're like, oh, this is all pro player, or pro bowl player. Yeah. So, and I think I think it put a little bit more value in the guard position just seeing those guys. Yep. But Leonard Davis, when he walked through the door at the combine, I remember what was with you at the yeah. combine. Yeah. He walked through the door. He kind of had to had to turn sideways. Sideways. I mean, he was the biggest human being we were all worried that we couldn't get out if something happened yeah we like we're thinking can Leonard get out of here because if something happened in the room we and we had to make a rush for the door we couldn't get past Leonard that was was, he was huge he was was, uh, Jeff Swain by the way Texas yes seventh round yes seventh round yeah yeah, that was another one that we were all kind of like, who is this? I remember on draft day, like, that, we, that's we didn't what, have uh, anything on him. Dane. That's what Dane, I think <laughs> Dane that, was Dane, mad. Dane was really mad. Yeah, like, he was like, was, I'm no I, longer doing 200 players a position. I'm doing 300. <laughs> yeah. Because I, no, I ain't missing ever again. He actually had him on the list. He right. just wasn't a profile yeah. or whatever. He yeah. had him on the list. All right, so let's talk about the latest Texas Longhorn to be drafted you know by the Dallas him, Cowboys. Uh, Overshone? Yeah. I think Overshone is a, a very interesting player because at Texas, like they did so many different things with him. He was a guy that kind of he could rush the passer, he could do some coverage stuff. He was all over the field. The one thing that that seemed to happen to me, and again, I don't watch film on Texas. I just watch it as a fan. Mm-hmm. But there would be games where it felt like he kind of just disappeared. Like he just wasn't. It wasn't an every game type player. He wasn't one of those players that he was a player that on defense everybody talked about going to the game, overshown. What's he going to do this week? Whatever. Uh, him and the defensive tackles, which over the years defensive tackles become a really strong position for us. But, but that being said, he he is just he he has a lot of ability um, and is a very talented, skilled athlete. 
he just had some games where he just didn't seem to quite show up. That would be my, as a fan, scouting report on him. What would you guys say from a that after watching film on him as a, a scouting report on Overshawn? Well, it's a shame you missed the Oklahoma State, Baylor, and Alabama games in your fandom there because those are the games I watched, yeah. and I thought he was really good. No, yeah, and that's the thing. In a lot of games, <laughs> yeah, he there's a lot. Up. No, there I'm just, just, some I'm games just, you'd be like, man, where's where's Overshawn? Yeah. Like, where's zero? Where, where, what this, is he doing? You know, this guy. I mean, the thing that you, the thing that I trust about this player because I don't think Texas used him correctly. I really, I, I really fair. don't. And <laughs> we do I know that, that Gary Patterson and all that was, you know, they were all yeah. working with, you know, maybe he got caught in between some schemes and stuff like that. This guy's a converted safety. And so, you know, at 6'3", 229 pounds, there's talk about putting some more weight on him and maybe even making him let him be a defensive end uh, mm-hmm. was a pot that some people had that thought before the draft. This guy could really chase the ball, though. I mean, it's impressive for a guy this big how how well he moves, the sideline, the sideline type of player. And I think he does a really good job of getting the ball carrier down. He's a good wrap-up tackler. He does play with some power. You can use him inside and outside. So that's kind of where I think Texas got a little uh, little wonky with him right there. But I've seen him rush the passer, and I've seen him have some success off the edge. He's got explosive quickness. He plays with a burst. He can redirect. He's got a feel for how to play pass coverage, believe it or not. Size and his length and the awareness to carry guys. You'll see guys running routes, and he's kind of – you see him, okay, that's my guy. I got to go. He's not a, a oh, wait, what, what just happened guy. He, he actually can see this. This is one of these types of players where you know that Dan Quinn and those guys over there have mm-hmm. a plan for what they want to do with him. You know, and I, I remember in this just this past draft asked, asking uh, Justin Stuckey, who we had the opportunity to interview, and he he was the one who first scouted. He did the report on Micah Parsons, and he I said, "Hey, did you see uh, Micah Parsons as a pass rusher?" And he says, "No, I didn't." So I'm thinking, ah. Dan Quinn, AD, all these, these coaches, they have a plan for a lot of these guys and what they potentially could do. The fact that they made Curse a, a nickel linebacker and played as well, I could see those guys having the same vision for this type of player. And to find, be like a Curse? To be a, guy, to be a guy that they put in position to make plays, yeah. and they allow him to get to the ball. Because that's the one thing this guy can do. He can cover some ground. And and there is a physical side to his game. But I understand what you're saying about him as a player. But I know in the games I watch, I came away with like, man, this guy does a lot for, uh, for you know, but you're worried about like, okay, he's up, he's back, he's down, he's there. You know, they, they knew that they had a special player. I just think these guys – are going to take it to another level with him. Yeah, it's just really weird to see him. We're watching highlights. If you guys are watching the video right now, um, but it's just weird to see him as a linebacker because of his size. You know, it's not typically the type of size you see, especially with what we have here, the body type that we usually have that the Cowboys have uh, at the at the linebacker position. But we'll see. Maybe he makes up for it uh, in speed. I mean, he seems no, to no, be covering the field pretty yeah, good. But, you know, run. that's where I thought, like, as I was thinking, how are they going to use him? I started thinking, is he Jaron Curse 2.0? Yeah. You know, because I, I look at him as a guy, because he has so many diverse talents, like, you really could move him around. And, by the way, now you can blitz him maybe a little bit more than they do with yeah. Curse. There are lots of different things you can do with him. I think he is a phenomenal athlete. Like, that was the one thing you could say about him. He was all over the field. Like he was. he was one of those players that was just all over the field making plays. 
Um, and and I just I do think that when when Dallas selected him, and from what I've what I've been what I've kind of heard, uh, they had him pretty high on their draft board. I think it was a second round grade maybe uh, for him. So that says to me that says to me they have a vision for this right. player that maybe yeah. is even different than what a lot of other teams evaluate him as as just a linebacker or just a safety or wherever it is that they think they would want to play him. I think Dallas has a special role for him that they're thinking about that makes him very valuable. Well, the thing about him, too, is it came down to that mean the discussion was with another Texas player with Roshan Johnson, and they you're right, Derek. They had overshone clearly around ahead of what they had Roshan Johnson. So, you know, that's that was the discussion. But the, the plan part of it, I totally agree with you on. I, I just think that a lot of these guys, you know, that's that's just something that when fans look at, they are not looking at players the way mm-hmm. the Cowboys are or the, the way the teams are. And even like some of the, your your draft analysts that, you know, they, they, they cover them. They have to co- cover these guys globally, not so much what they need for each specific guy. But it's also, too, 2024 free agency. I mean, like they are looking at free agency in 2024 thinking, all right, Curse is a free agent at the end of this year. Are we going to resign him? Is it, You know, if not, if we don't, can this guy do what he does? Or, you know, Hankins is on a one-year deal. If he doesn't come back next year because he's getting up there in age, does Mozzie Smith come in for that? So there's more than just take this guy because he was the highest-rated player I see. There's there's a lot of factors in as how does he fit, how does he fit long-term. So and I think Overshone's that type of guy. Yeah, I'll tell you that I'm, I'm really excited about this pick. I, I would have been excited for him or Roshan because I think both of them are really good players. Uh, obviously, you guys know what my feelings were on the, on the other running back and how yeah. much I wanted him. But I thought both these two players – were really, really good players, and I was excited for the Cowboys to get one of them because uh, I do think they, that it will pay dividends down the road. They will be able to find a good role for him. All right, let's talk about the fourth-round pick. In the fourth-round pick, number 129, they pick uh, Viliami uh, Jr. Fioco uh, from San Jose State. Give me a scouting report on him. Yeah, this is a guy they're probably going to play as a three technique. Uh, he's a defensive end at San Jose State. You're talking about a guy that's super active in the way that he's always around the football. He's one of those guys I gambled on of my 210. I didn't see him, and I had to go back. I, luckily, the guys like Zach Wolchuk and Aisha and him had seen him during the draft, so they were able to cover him up. But he was a, he was a defensive end, and but they're going to play him at that three technique because what he's got is he's got the ability. He plays with tremendous quickness. You can see here on the highlights if you're following along. I know if you're listening, I'm sorry about that. That's terrible radio on my part. But you can see this guy on the outside here, and what he is able to do is – Close down the line of scrimmage. You see the redirection right there. I mean, he he can close some ground, but they feel like if they can move him inside and play that three technique on the shoulder and get him even closer to the ball, that he could win on those uh, those one on one blocks and then be able to get right on the quarterback. Looks like right he there. has the body type for three technique. He like does. He puts just, a little more weight on. He him, does. Though. He just put a little bit more weight on. But yeah. you see him right here in the technique, right? You know, with he he was playing inside there, and then all of a sudden, now well, they they circled the wrong guy for you right there, yeah. but. But here you are with a guy, like I say, that that played on the edge, knows how to play with his hands, knows how to get up the field, plays with a great deal of power. You can see right there the close, you know, took the ball away from the quarterback right there too. So you know, good for him. But that's where I think the plan for him is three technique. Uh, I know some people ask me, could this be Tyron Crawford? You know, hmm. could that be the kind? I think I think this guy is quicker than Crawford. I don't think he's as stiff as Crawford was. Yeah. 
But I, but the same kind of idea, I appreciate the thought about a guy that could play the end or play the three. I think this guy, I think there's another guy they got a plan for for playing that three right there. See what, that? Is it, what does that mean for a guy like Golston, who right now, Golston is kind of that yeah. guy that's kind of in between, well, plays some defensive end, can play uh, tackle as well? I think it's more about Neville Gallimore, to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I think it's. I, I think they really like Golston at that as a three. You know, so you got Osa, Golston, and, and then Fajoko here with the possibility of him fitting in there. But I think this is more about you know maybe they're considering moving on from Neville Gallimore. We'll see. They've uh, you know Neville was in the doghouse a little bit last year. Yeah. During, you know he's. I think he has to have a much better off season going into uh, what we're seeing now for training camp this year. And uh, so that that would be the guy that I would keep an eye on, or the spot I would keep an eye on. All right, let's go ahead and take our final break. We'll come back. Let's talk about Asim Richards. Uh, we'll talk about Eric Scott. We certainly got to get to a little talk on Deuce Vaughn. We'll do that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Want to use the Cowboys locker room's favorite products? Check out the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Playmaker, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The Playmaker includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word cowboys. The Jack Black Playmaker, 10 bucks, free shipping. No one knows where this market will go. Right now, it feels like a wild ride. But one thing's for certain, there's a way through it. And the experience and guidance of a Merrill advisor can help you get there. Because where there's a bull, there's a way. Find an advisor in North Texas at ml.com slash bullish. Merrill, a Bank of America company. What would you like the power to do? Investing involves risk. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner & Smith Incorporated, registered broker-dealer, registered investment advisor, member SIPC, a wholly owned subsidiary of Bank of America Corp. Hey, honey, can we talk? Of course. What's up? Well, I just thought you should know. I've been curious about the new Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. (gasps) Have you felt this way a long time? No, I just think I'd really like the taste of Dr. Pepper swirled with layers of flavor. If you feel that way, I think you should try it, babe. It's amazing. I mean, you're amazing, too. (laughs) New Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. The new flavor you deserve. Back to the break. Country music is rocking the star in Frisco with a free multi-day fan festival ahead of the big show. Come celebrate country music's party of the year at the ACM Country Kickoff May 9th and 10th. The fun starts each day at 3 p.m. with live performances from the newest country music stars, pop-up shops, exclusive artist merch, a beer garden, food trucks, and much more. Visit acmcountrykickoff.com for more info. That will be happening. (laughs) Okay. Uh, That was Isaiah, by the way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That will be happening next week. Uh, We also got, uh, for for Cowboys fans also to know, next Thursday or next week, I don't know if it's Thursday, one day next week, maybe even Wednesday, 
Uh, we may have the uh, schedule release. It looks like it's going to be happening sometime next week, so keep that the on The 12th, your, I thought. Uh, it might be. It's sometime next week, I think. Hmm. Uh, but but it, just keep it's an eye on it. It's not going to be it. the 11th. Just keep an eye on it, and uh, and we will, we will let you know. And we certainly, as we all know, that always is a fun day because we get to see all the different things that teams are working on to announce their w, schedules. W, W, L, W, W, <laughs> That happens w, as well. L. But, uh, but, yeah, that'll be happening, I think, sometime next week. ACM's is Thursday night. Uh, so it'll Jeez. be a busy It'll be a busy week out here at the start. Oh, the the rookies come in Thursday. Too. Rookies come in Thursday. There's a rookie mini camp next weekend as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, it'll be a busy the same week out time here. as the is the music awards. They should probably be arriving about the same time. I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure all that out. These though. guys are going to come in here and they're going to be like, you know, it's just different here in Dallas. <laughs> right. it's like, yeah, it is. It yeah, is. it's yeah. not like I walked in and they're going to call his buddy. Like, yeah, I got drafted by Atlanta. Like, oh, it's cool. Like, I walked in and I met Dolly Parton. So, uh, <laughs> it works. Like, it just yeah. it's what we do. All right, let's uh, let's hit these day three picks. I'm going to go around the table. Each of you guys give me one person from day three uh, that you want to talk about that you think was an interesting pick. Nick, let's start with you. Well, I mean, if your name's awesome, you better be. So awesome, awesome Richards, the the uh, you know offensive tackle from North Carolina. But he's really, I, I think that they they like these tackles that can that can play guard. He's played one game at guard, but he's got the 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 versatility to do that. And so I think that's you know that's going to be the type of of player he's going to be is come in here and try to learn two positions. We'll see how smart he is. Super is, athlete, by the way. Is there any chance whatsoever that he could be your starting guard next year? I don't think so. Probably. I would leave him in tackle. Yeah, I'd leave him an offensive tackle. To be honest with you, I mean, you, you got watch, a lot of tackles. You, I know, but you watch. <laughs> you got a lot of those. You watch the, in the ACC of how this kid played, which is crazy. Cleansed. We've come a long way. I know. Right? No, he he is he is he's a he's he's a legitimate tackle. I I love the fact that what what Mike McCarthy said at the owners' meetings a few weeks ago, months ago, it says I I'm not even trying anymore to to see, hope that these guys will be you know that I'll have all my linemen. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna expect them to get hurt. But I'm going to have a lot of them and a lot of, of options, and so they're giving themselves options. Which is why position flexes everything. That's why it's for them. really yeah. important here. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about Deuce Vaughn. Deuce. He was selected sixth round, the second sixth round pick, number two twelve, running back from Kansas State. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone knows about him at this point. The moment the call went absolutely viral, I think it was trending on Twitter. He's the son of one of the Cowboys scouts. Chris Vaughn he's a guy that you know you might think oh he got drafted because his dad is a scout and probably put in a good word or something but no you look at his his um college history and you see why he got drafted because of his his own skill and talent he's not necessarily a very tall guy or anything like that but he's fast we're looking at the highlights right now he has the speed he's explosive he can run so super excited to to see him come in here and see what he can do uh with the team and everyone here was celebrating everyone was very very happy and as a parent every parent out there definitely felt that moment that call but Again, make no mistake, he's not here because of his dad. He's here because he actually deserves it. If yeah. he was 5'9", five, 5'10", five, probably have been a second or third round absolutely. pick. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Catches the ball very, very well. He's explosive. His long speed might not be great, 
But where he makes up for it is the the initial quickness mm-hmm. and his ability to, as we see right here, to finish. He's a very good receiver of the football. And I actually think his size kind of helps him sometimes. He hides. He hides. He, yeah. yeah, he just kind of quick, quick, quick moves and yeah. escapes. Yeah, there's there's actually a history of some guys not at five five, but there's a history of some shorter running backs that that have had some success in the in the NFL. Primary one being Darren Sproles, who is also a, a mentor. Brian Westbrook too went to uh, went to Kansas State. So yeah, he's he's already got that connection and and uh, and then communicating with him on a, a somewhat I guess regular basis but but yeah it's it I, I look at this pick and I love the fact that the Cowboys got him where they got him to me it's great value um and you just see where you can throw him in the one question I have for you guys is I've heard uh he also can do some return type stuff how does that work with somebody how would you guys evaluate that when you're looking at someone like Turpin who can also who's obviously a really good skilled returner how do, how do you evaluate that when you look at a guy like this that may be able to do it as well? They're both a, one big hit away from not being available for you. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the, the you know, you, Turpin can't get hit, and neither can this guy. Not really. He made it a whole season, he made it a whole which season, was impressive. But I'm just saying, you know, but, he, you know, he was I, – I just think the more – Guys, you can have that can do this kind of stuff because you guys said it best, and it's the same with with the uh, punt return. You got to find him first, kick return too. You got to find this guy, mm-hmm. and then you find him. Then you know, he might be already past you. So um, I think as a returner, he could be valuable as well. Uh, Turpin might have better long speed, and Deuce has better vision. That's the biggest. So difference. so how would you? So if you said one of them is going to do punts, one's going to do kicks, which the, ones do you think? Well, the, the, to me, I to me, you have to. Deuce has to show me about the, the receiving. I mean, how he looks returning punts and stuff like yeah. that. The kickoffs, that's some. That's a hit and miss thing. Depending yeah. on if you're indoors, outdoors, you're either going to get an opportunity or not. But I think the stuff with the punt, Deuce is going to have to show me that. Like, but like I said. The, the being able to secure the ball and the vision. There were a couple of times where Turpin had opportunities to score touchdowns, mm-hmm. and then he made a decision that went it took him right into darkness instead of <laughs> running the light. Yeah. So that's I think the biggest difference right now between the two. All right, Brian, tell me about Eric Scott. Yeah, Eric Scott. You're going to like Eric Scott. He's six one. He's one ninety seven. He plays what we call a field corner for uh, for Southern Miss, and that means he he's one of those guys that have a boundary corner usually that plays the short side of the field, and the field corner plays the big side of the field. So he he covers a lot of ground, but he plays a ton of lo- a ton of zone coverage. So when you watch him play, he almost plays sideways with his rear face in the so- uh, the sidelines, and they try and funnel everything inside. Usually, if you're field corner you could play slot too because you're covering so much ground and stuff this guy's got good movement skills he's not tight moving at all he reacts well when he's pressured uh, he's not afraid to tackle I'm sure Beam's showing you all those yep. highlights where he was coming forward and tackling I watched a couple of games uh, the Liberty game and the Tulane game where he had interceptions that were ended up being pick sixes he's had five interceptions in his career uh, in 34 games but he breaks on the football well. He's always around the ball. He tackles well, and he doesn't allow the receiver to get away from him. The pro day numbers, uh, he ran with a bad quad. He retested, got in the four fours. High number vertical, high number broad jump. This guy's got a little explosive to his, explosiveness to, to his game. Real quick before we end the show, tell me about Jalen Brooks. Jalen Brooks is a, he's a he's a wide receiver from South Carolina that it, you know it's just not a throwaway guy. Really good special teams player. He's kind of going to take the role of Noah Brown uh, with can play personal protector, can play the the flyer or the gunner outside. Kind of does a lot of the dirty work inside routes, catches the ball well. 
Uh, Spencer Rattler, the quarterback, kind of got things going late in the year and throwing the ball better. But initially, when you watch him play, ball behind him, making a catch, ball behind uh, bad a, a ball hot. Catcher. Yeah, yeah, he is a bad ball catcher. So I would kind of think that you would see a similarity with him and what Noah Brown used to do with you. All the dirty things that nobody else wants to do. Yeah, this guy can make those types of plays. Looks for like him. he's got kind of a bigger body like Noah Brown too. He does for a receiver. He yeah. does, and and you know, and that's the thing about him is this guy will extend to go make plays. And uh, he's got toughness about him, too. This, when you get down sixth, seventh round, you're kind of looking at traits. Yeah. But don't sleep on this guy as a receiver to come in here and, and have some really good practices for you. All right, that's a wrap for us. We'll be back next week. Next week, I want to dig a little deeper into maybe what this means and certainly what it means for other players on this team, where the Cowboys now sit going into uh, in getting ready now for their offseason work and their uh, and the training camp. Uh, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagles, and this has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!